Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of the Time Out with DG podcast, episode seven, dedicated to the Houston Astros. I am your host, KHU Lemon Sports reporter Daniel Gotera. Thanks for tuning in. We'll get to the Astros in a second, but I want to say thank you first for those who have tuned into this podcast so far. Hope you enjoy the content. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes, I suggest you do. Some great conversations there with Houston sports stars and figures of the past, talking about what they've been motivated by and what motivates them now. We also talk about several issues, football-related, soccer-related, all sorts of good stuff, so go ahead and check that out. Give us a rating, subscribe to the podcast as well, so you are alerted as soon as a new episode is posted, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, Stringbean, whatever type of service that you're dedicated to with these podcasts, go ahead and rate and subscribe the Time Out with DG podcast. I very much appreciate it. As I mentioned, this episode is dedicated to the Houston Astros, the American League champion Houston Astros, who fell in the World Series Game 7 to the Washington Nationals. This was one of the more frustrating series I have ever watched. Now, as I've mentioned... This podcast is about having conversations with Houston sports stars, celebrities that come through town. But when you have a team reach the championship round, I think a podcast episode should be dedicated to them. So the following are my takes on the World Series and what happened to the Astros and why they fell short. You know, I always said that this Astros team was the best in all of baseball. They had the most talent. They've had the proven talent. They had great pitching. The only way this team was going to lose the World Series is if they beat themselves. And the first frustrating thing of this World Series was the fact that they could not win a game at home. Okay, I think that's what's going to be the lasting impression for me, is the fact that the Houston Astros could not win a home game at Minute Maid Park during the World Series. The more I think about that, the more infuriating it is. They won 107 games during the regular season. They played so well to have the World Series come through Houston, all of it for naught, because they couldn't pick up one game here inside Minute Maid Park. If they had done that, just one, they would have won the World Series for the second time in three years. They couldn't hit with runners in scoring position. Mercy me, they could not do it. In 10 games, this is not even including the World Series, in 10 games at home during the playoffs, The Astros scored an average of three and a half runs, stranded 74 runners. They stranded 74 runners in 10 games. That's an average of over seven each game. I can't believe they made it to the World Series, honestly. At some point, that was going to catch up to them, and it finally did against a really talented Nationals team. They were 14 of 72 with runners in scoring position during the playoffs at home. Let me repeat that. They were 14 of 72 with runners in scoring position at home during the playoffs. That's a 194 average. That is a drop from a 268 average they had with runners in scoring position during the regular season in all games. But they hit 194 here at home with runners in scoring position during the playoffs. It's hard to believe. It's hard to fathom on a lineup that is so talented, so deep, that can put the bat on the ball. They just couldn't do it. They could not figure out a way to drive in runners. I mean, they had ducks on the pond in multiple innings. They just could not figure it out. 
So that was really frustrating to watch. Bregman couldn't pick it up. Alvarez really struggled until the World Series. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. They just couldn't do it. And that that is what really did them in at the end. We could talk about the bullpen. We're going to get into that. Um, the mismanagement of the bullpen in Game 6 and Game 7. Our KHU baseball analyst, uh, Jeremy Booth, will join us here in a little bit to talk about that. He really breaks things down in a way that a lot of people don't. We're fortunate to have him here at KHOU. So Jeremy Booth will be with us here in a little bit to talk about that. So my first frustrating thing of the World Series was, yes, runners in scoring position. They just could not do it. It felt like they were just waiting to hit the home run. Put the ball in play. The Nationals, although they did hit a lot of home runs here at Minimade, they were putting the ball in play. They were making contact. They were getting the ball out there, just trying to force the Astros to make a play on it. Astros didn't do that. In Game 7, I will give them credit. They hit the ball hard. They just got unlucky. It was right at people. Um, But for the most part, I felt like they were just trying to hit the home run, trying to swing for the fences, and, well, that just did not work. And they couldn't get those big runs when they needed them. They got some pitching performances here at home, but they just couldn't get the run scored. So that was my first frustrating thing. The second frustrating thing happened off the field before the World Series. Okay, Going into the World Series, you just want the focus to be on baseball, all right? The ALCS had just ended. They're riding a high. Jose Altuve hits a walk-off home run in one of the most iconic Houston sports moments we've ever seen, and it really was. Altuve's home run off of Roldis Chapman, who I think is still smiling. He may be still standing at the mound at Minute Maid Park. I'm not sure. We need to go check that out. Uh, that was an iconic moment. I was here at the station. We were ready for uh, coverage once they won. It was truly awesome. Um, so then after that, everyone's celebrating, everyone's having a good time and enters former assistant GM, Brandon Taubman. I'm, I'm pausing because I don't understand what would make someone do what he did. You know, I, I, I've, I've never had really interactions with him. Um, he's a guy that, you know, has done a lot of the arbitration cases, has dealt with uh, the players on that front. I don't understand why he would go out of his way to yell at female reporters in the clubhouse with what he did. I don't need to rehash it. We've been covered ad nauseum. It's totally indefensible. It's totally ridiculous. I can't believe he did that. And in doing so, he took the focus off of the players and their hard-earned victories to get to the World Series and put it squarely on himself. Now, the organization didn't do itself any favors either. Now, let me say this. This This might not be a very popular take, but I am all for people defending themselves if they feel they've been wrongly accused. I'm all for that, especially this day and age. Got a lot of things circulating, a lot of media reports, a lot of things coming at you from different angles. If you feel that you have been wrongly accused of something, you should defend yourself. That's totally fine. But in this scenario, with the spotlight shining on the organization going back to the World Series, if you defend yourself, and if you defend yourself in the way that they defended themselves, going after Sports Illustrated, saying that the report was basically fabricated, you better be right. You better be right. If you're not right, then it's like sharks smelling blood in the water. Because then the target will be squarely on you, and that's exactly what happened. The Astros came out with that initial statement which was 
so jarring to me. In fact, when they came out with that, I thought, oh my gosh, I mean, this could this actually be true? Could, this, could they have a point here that this story was not right? Because you just don't see that from teams these days. Most teams take the approach of, okay, hey, we're investigating the situation, we've seen the report, we're going to handle the matters internally. They don't come out as aggressive as they did. Like I just mentioned, I'm totally for defending yourself. Teams, people, anybody who feel like they've been wrongly accused should defend themselves. But if you're an organization and you're about to be in a World Series and the national media has come down and is covering your team really in mass for the first time all year, you better be right if you come out to defend yourself and accuse other people of fabricating stories. And they were not right. They were not right at all, and they had egg on their face from the very beginning. And from that point forward, it was a feeding frenzy. There were writers that have never covered the Astros. You saw stories popping up online about the culture being so toxic, this and that, and reporters going into the Astros clubhouse asking players, hey, did this Taubman thing affect you guys out on the field? First of all, it didn't affect them on the field. These guys are professionals. And I think that's the most frustrating part about it. This was totally unnecessary. This didn't need to happen. That guy spouted off a bunch of nonsense in the clubhouse to female reporters. Why? Just just keep your mouth shut. You don't have to do that. And the story was accurate. It was fantastic reporting. The Astros then went back, wrote a letter to the reporter, retracting the story. They did what they should have done from the beginning, knowing that they didn't have all the evidence to support their claims that it was a fabricated story. So all of that was really frustrating. But seeing all these reports about, you know, the Astros, and then you can you can just feel it, right? Like, if you're on social media, if you watch all the coverage, you could just feel the tide immediately turn against the Astros. And I hated that. Because the Astros, as far as the guys on the field, look, I, I've never worked for the Astros. I don't know what the culture is inside there. You, heard your, you hear various rumors, but I can just go off of the people that I interact with, and that's the players, the manager, and all that. They are world-class. All those players are totally world-class, but to see the team get dragged through the mud and the players kind of wrapped up in all that while they're actually playing games, some of the most important games of their life, was really troublesome. You had reporters tweeting out, oh, karma, this is happening because of karma because they couldn't win a couple of home games. That's total nonsense. What karma? The players had nothing to do with what was said. Okay, these players have foundations. They do so many things for the community. George Springer, Lance McCullers, Justin Verlander, Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa. The list goes on and on. I can I can spend a whole podcast talking about all the things these guys do for the Houston community. Even Garrett Cole, Colin McHugh. The list goes on and on. But for them to have to deal with something like this and questions be fired at them for an incident that they had nothing to do with was unfortunate. It was frustrating, and I hated to see it. All right, number three, third frustrating thing, Juan Soto. I'm frustrated because he's such a good baseball player. Great baseball player. I'm not going to say his age because by this point we already know. Yes, he did celebrate a birthday. Thank you for uh, Fox letting us know he celebrated a birthday. I appreciate all that. I'm not going to say his name. He's a great, talented young player. He got hot at the right time on the national stage, and everything got built up. What I did not like was his behavior in the box. I'm not one of those traditionalists in baseball. I like guys having a good time, okay? I'm totally for Flipping bats, Jose Bautista taking the Arlington Rangers deep. I mean, that was awesome. Flipping bats, having a good time, big play. I mean, Major League Baseball had a commercial running. It said, we play loud. Okay, we'll play loud. Let your players do that, okay? Have fun celebrating. 
everybody got on Alex Bregman after his home run where he carried the bat down to first base. Nobody said a word about that when Juan Soto did it, okay? There is a double standard. There's a clear double standard that was uh, that was set up here, and that goes back to my initial points of, you know, the tide turned against the Astros as far as the national press and the national uh, headlines and the national narrative. Everything was against the Astros, okay? Every bad thing was against the Astros. Plus, you have major league players kind of chime in and saying that that was Bush League. I didn't have a problem with Bregman doing that. Again, I'm not one of these traditionalists that um, – Thinks that you you know you know you hit a home run, drop the bat, run around the bases. Okay, if you this is a big moment for these guys. It's an emotional time. They hit a home run, they like it, they can do whatever they want. Now, Juan Soto did it when he hit his home run later in the game, and he was pretty much mocking Alex Bregman. I'm fine with that too. If you're ready to dish it, if you're ready to show uh, some emotion, get ready for get get ready for it to be returned back to you. I was totally fine with Juan Soto doing that. What I'm not fine with is when he's in the box. And this is something he's going to probably learn. He's a young guy. One of these days, one of these pitchers is going to throw right at him. Either hit him squarely in the back, throw right at his head, something. Because he was getting on my nerves. He's getting on a lot of people's nerves when he was openly mocking, especially Zach Grinke there in Game 7. Openly mocking Zach Grinke after every pitch. Laughing at him, smiling at him, doing these little dance moves in the box. Now, that's not that's not okay. When you're trying to show up somebody like that directly at their face, I'm not cool with that. One of these days he will learn, someone will throw at him, and that will be the end of that story. The fourth thing, Garrett Cole. All right. I have been in Houston for 10 years. I'm not saying I've you know covered sports. Like I'm 35 years old, okay? There are people in this business that have covered sports a lot longer than me. In my time of covering sports, I have never seen a reaction Post game, especially in a situation like that, from a pitcher or a player of his caliber on a team of the Astros' caliber, than the reaction that Garrett Cole had after Game Seven. He was asked to speak to the media, turns around to an Astros representative and says, "Oh, technically, I'm not employed." Well, he was employed because his contract was still valid at that point. He's doing so. He's making a show in front of all these players, his teammates, in front of the Astros clubhouse, and finally says, "Well, if I'm..." Speaking as a representative of myself, then yes, I guess, and then speaks to the media. And this is what he had to say in case you hadn't heard it. Check it out. Yeah, a lot of good friendships. Um, you know, uh, obviously um, learned a lot about pitching from my teammates, from the pitching uh, coaches and pitching staff. Um, you know, learned a lot more about the game from AJ. Um and it was just a pleasure to play in the city of Houston. I know the hope of a lot of people here in Houston is for him to sign in Houston. In fact, I hope for that to happen. He's an amazing pitcher. His time here in Houston was huge. He even got help by his time here. Brent Strom really helped him out. I don't think Garrett Cole's coming back. He clarified his comments a couple of days after. He was caught up in the moment. He released a statement saying he was very thankful for the fans in Houston. He was very appreciative. Uh, Jeremy Booth and I will get into this a little bit more, but I, I, I just never, <laughs> I've never seen that before from a player. It was very interesting to hear from Garrett Cole, uh, and react that way, especially wearing his agent's cap. Now I know he said he'd worn that before for a good luck charm, but in just the moment, the optics, not, not the best. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Garrett Cole in the Astros. 
Joining me now is former Major League Scout and our KHU baseball analyst, Jeremy Booth. You have a smile on your face because I know you're excited about being on this podcast. I'm always excited to talk baseball with you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. So uh, how do you sum up the 2019 Astros? Well, I mean, it's first of all, it's a successful season. It's Thank you. It's 107 wins. Thank it's, you. Yeah. 117 wins. Well, if you really, yeah, yeah. If you really boil it down. 107 regular season wins. It's the Western Division, division title. Um, it was the best team in the American League. Um, went to the seventh game of the World Series and was really, you know, three innings away of winning a second World Series title in three years. Um, so from those levels, it's a success. However. When you win a World Series and when you have this type of ball club that the Astros have had, and this is a window that's been building for three years before, four years before Jeff Luno and company got here, um, or Lunau and company, I forget how you pronounce it. Luno. Luno. I've always gone with yeah, Luno. Luno. Yeah. Um, and then, it, it, you know, during the window now, since he's been here, which is seven years, right, um, it's a 10 or 11-year stretch to get to where they are right now, which has really peaked the last three years. All right? Yeah. Um, and so everybody that's had a hand in that should be pretty happy with this run right now, whether it's Ed Wade and Bobby Heck or Jeff Luno and Mike Elias and, and Sigma Dahl and all the people that have had some kind of hand in building this club, okay? Um, the bar's changed. Bar's changed. And next year, no one's going to remember they were AL champs. No one's going to care. All that's yeah. going to matter is, did you win the World Series? Um, that's, that's professional sports. It's just pro sports. And the answer is no. And the question pro sports when you have a team like that. It, yeah, but I mean, like if you're, um, I don't know, if you're the Miami Marlins, no one's paying attention right now because you're right. not good. But if you get to this window, did you win the World Series or didn't you? Did you maximize your club? The answer is no, they didn't. And um, it doesn't mean it's unsuccessful, but I promise you for all 25 guys in that clubhouse and A.J. Hinch and his staff, they don't feel the way they would like to feel at the end of a season. Right? Yeah. Um, Do you think that ever goes away? No. It's never uh, going to go away, uh, right? I mean, you move on. You are nine outs away from winning a World Series. We talked about it several times. You, you know, um, you've heard me say it several times. In a seven-game series where teams are evenly matched, two games are yours, two games are theirs, right? And the other three are up for grabs. And if you watch this series, how it unfolded, two were very clearly the Astros games. Two were very clearly the Nationals games, and there were three that were decided by going back and forth, right? Um, this game really came down to not not men left on base, and people will point to that as a way to take you know attention off the pitching because Will Harris was so good. This didn't come down to Will Harris. This, this series, came, this, and this title run, or lack of, came down to bullpen management and sticking to a script that A.J. knew good and darn well. They didn't have to. One of the things he said before Game 7, which was very telling, is – you lay his plan out, it's going to blow up. You don't know how it's going to happen. Yeah, he right? did say that. Yeah. And then you get to that situation, you stick with the plan. I, I don't, you got a little bit of an issue. Because your issue was game six. My issue is game six. When they brought in Will Harris. Yeah. My issue isn't the sequence of how game seven unfolded. Mm -hmm. I get the move. My issue is he didn't need to throw a night before. Yeah. He's been used so many times. They saw him a lot. Scouts because as lot. we talked about it. Um, after it happened, that was a good pitch. I mean, it was a good pitch that he threw to Kendrick. If you look at it, it was, it was low look. outside. I mean, it's if you're trying to place it where you need it, he he was ahead in the count because it was a swing and miss on the first. That was a good swing. There's an but there is an issue when you pitch so many times. Daniel, there's there's a person in this galaxy that can tell me Will Harris wasn't tired. He was tired. 
He was fatigued, but he's a gamer, man. He's a gamer. He's a winning player. He's going to go out there and he's going to take the ball. You mean to tell me in Game 7 of the World Series or in any World Series game, you're going to call the bullpen and somebody's going to say no? Right. They're going to say, give, give it to me right now. They're going to go out there. That's what being a pro means. So um, it may have been something where it wasn't, as much, wasn't enough bite on the ball. It may have been something where the velocity was just a little bit behind. You know, talk about spin rate. It was a cutter. Maybe mm-hmm. it wasn't as explosive. Maybe they'd seen it too many times. There's an expression from Major League to who cares? It's gone, right? Too high, too far. Who cares? It's gone. <laughs> but, but the reality is that fatigue played into it. If you give him the day off before and you go get anybody else. Yeah, you could have thrown anybody. anybody you were down. Else. You were losing. You're losing. There's pitching with a lead and there's pitching without a lead. Yeah. And if you are behind in a game, there's there's a book of relievers you're going to go to. And if you're ahead in the game, there's a book of relievers you're going to go to. Otherwise, Will Harris would have thrown 162 games this year. That's right. Okay? And for some reason, we deviated from that because now we happen to be in the World Series. Why not do the things that got you there? And that means in game six, because you know you've got game seven, Will Harris doesn't get the ball. Somebody else can come in, Joe Smith. or Yeah, because um, yeah, Joe Smith else. has been so good. Anybody else. Anybody else. And yeah. if you do use Will Harris in game six, you don't have to use him in game seven. I had a problem. Um, you know, AJ was talking about how they laid out the plan for Garrett Cole. Okay, so you go down 3-2. Mm-hmm. Why is he not in the game in the eighth inning? Great question. He is the best pitcher on the planet right now. He should have been in that game. Great question. And there's a reason why Garrett Cole threw up deuces at the end of the game. And it's like, man, I'm out. With the Boris cap on, I'm gone. He was upset. Uh, but he should have been in that game. You know, Granke never should have come out of the seventh. If that, if, that if I agree honest, with that, okay? too, yes. You know, if you look at the way the Nationals, and this is where the and, – and I'm look, people are going to say – some people have said that I'm, I'm old school. I'm clearly not old school. I'm very much cognitive and technology and advancement and data. But I also believe that none of that makes any sense if you don't know how, you, how to use it. It doesn't matter. It's just a machine. Machine and insights don't matter unless you know what you're doing with them. And if you look at the Nationals, the night before in Game Six, Strasburg went what eight, eight and, and a third, third which yeah. didn't make any sense. They pulled eight and a third either, but he went eight and a third. Yep. Okay. There wasn't going to get him at some fictional pitch count number because he walked a guy. AJ is a former big leaguer. He's an Olympian. He was a top three round draft pick three times. Right. He's yeah. all everything. Baseball's in his blood. He's one of the best baseball guys you're going to run across. Um, and he's well-respected and done a hell of a job with this club for since he's been here, really, yeah. in the clubhouse. But you know when somebody's pitching around somebody. Granke threw a pitch to Soto that was a strike. It was a, uh, it was a strike. It was a 2-1 fastball. Yeah. 2-1 fastball. And Jim Wolf, who is the brother of a former teammate of mine, Randy Wolf, Jim Wolf called it a ball. He did not have a great game. Didn't have a great game. Called it a ball. Okay? Granke gets the ball back, and you can see his face. He's like... Really? Right? Yeah. And he pitches around Soto, which is the right move to get to the guy behind him, which was Zimmerman? Kendrick. 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 So he gets to Ken- trying to get to Kendrick to the guy behind him. That's right. Because that's, when they, the par- that's the when they bring so him. So he's trying house. to get, get to Kendrick. And you can almost see his face when AJ comes out of the dugout. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Go back in the dugout. Like, what do you, I got this. Right? Yeah, I never really understood. I mean, AJ was talking about, well, he – he had gone longer than we had extended him in October. He's a starting pitcher. He he. Okay, so he hasn't pitched as much. That means, right, that he should go a little bit more. He's had the best stuff he's had in the postseason so far. Give him a chance to get Kendrick out. If Kendrick gets on and he beats you, okay, well, at least you've got your guy who has pitched a stellar game. 
you win or lose by him. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. I can also say that it's the seventh game of the World Series and the book goes out the window. Seventh game of the World Series. Yeah. You play the game with the feel that you have. You don't right. need to sit there and read, you know, X Woba and FIP and all you don't need to do it. Yes, throw it away. Okay. <laughs> it's not it's not it doesn't apply today. Right now yeah. it's about what's in front of you. Right. And everybody It becomes a people game at that point, not a numbers game. And so that's where I question AJ from deviating from the plan and go back to his statement. So Somebody, why do you think they didn't put Garrett Cole then in the eighth? Well, I, I kind of get I well, at that point they were behind, right? Okay. At that point Still. they were behind. So well, at that point they're behind. Now it's the other way. So let's go back to game six, right? Let's stay consistent with how we're seeing the game. Now you're behind and you'll go get Cole. Why'd you get Harris tonight before? Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? So right, right. no matter what game seven did on unfolding wise, it really comes down to how he managed game six. Um and that was the mistake with Harris. It was, it was down to game six. So um, if you go get Cole, or uh, rather Granky, and, mm-hmm. he, and you don't let him pitch, your next call is really Arkady. That's your yeah. call. Yeah, okay? Arkady, that's fine. Arkady ended up pitching that night in game seven. But it was like four pitchers later. We went right. through Presley and we went through somebody else. And then they we brought him in with a bases loaded in the eighth inning, ninth inning. I mean, that, def- that was so, a situation set up to fail for him. The Nationals hitters did not want to face that Granky. No, they looked uncomfortable all night long. And, that's and there's you, no doubt in my mind that he would have gotten Kendrick. That's right. And that's why you give him, that's why you let him have the ball. If he doesn't get Kendrick out, fine. That's right. Fine. Then then you go they, get somebody else. Then go get somebody sure. else. Yes. But he wasn't getting you know, he wasn't getting balls hit hard. That's right. Um he it was he was other than the Rendon Homer, which was Which was a mistake. Which, yeah. Yeah. Which, it's but, okay. I mean, but, he's a good hitter. It was a mistake and he Anthony Rendon over Alex Bregman. So Yeah. You know, I mean I get it, right? Anthony Rendon's gonna Oh, he's going to get a lot of money. Do a lot of really good things for a long time. Yeah, you know. And you think and he stays so, in Washington? I do. You do? I do. Interesting. I think both him and Strasburg stay there, even though Strasburg opted out. Yeah, Strasburg hold, uh, sold his house in San Diego about six months ago. Hmm. So landing spots out west don't seem to be the right fit. Unlike our our friend Garrett Unlike Cole. Our friend Garrett Cole. I need to ask you about the post game reaction. Um, You've been in this game a long time. I have never seen a potential free agent react that way, mm-hmm. especially on a club that is so successful. So, okay, the prevailing thought has always been he's not coming back. Okay. Yeah. He's going to be too much money. But, you know, I mean, there's crazier things have happened. Sometimes you, know, you don't know what Jim Crane is thinking. You have no idea. That was wild to me. I mean, he was upset, obviously, that he didn't pitch. He went out to the bullpen, warmed up by himself. Right. What did you think about his post-game reaction? So, he tried to walk it back and clarify it a couple of days after. Yeah, and all he sent that. a letter to the city of Houston. And- yeah, but man, when you throw up deuces like that in a post-game press conference after Game 7 of the World Series with all your teammates in the clubhouse, that that's not good, man. Well, technically, he is, he is an employee still, by the yes, way. Yes, that's right. You At know, that moment, con- he was still yeah, an employee. The contract yeah. is still continuing. So yeah. um, he's still an employee now. Like, yeah. The contract isn't up yet. You know, When the contract's up, he becomes a free agent. So um, I would say this. I would say it's out of character for what we've mm-hmm. seen out of him. Sure. Right at any point, whether it was high school before obviously anybody knew him, whether it was a college, UCLA. Whether, and he's been a Boris guy since high school, right? So that's his guy. It's, it's been since 17 or 16 years old. So he's he's a Boris guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't read anything to the hat. I think he just wore the hat to the ballpark and wore it home. Yeah, he said it was a good luck charm. He's yeah. been wearing it for months. Um, Scott Boris has been a good luck charm for a lot of players. So yeah. I kind of I buy that. Yeah. Okay. What I would say is this. I'd say that he was righteously 
and I mean righteously angry. His seventh yep. game of the World Series. He's waited his whole career to get there. He didn't get the ball. Yeah. Why? There's no good answer. <laughs> I know. I, there's, there's no, no good, good answer. answer to that. And so if I'm him, I'm going, okay, so here I am in the seventh game of the World Series. You don't want me to, you don't want me to take the ball? I'm ready to go. It's not like he pitched the day before either. He's ready to go. This is bullpen day. They're, they're gonna cover it up, however they're gonna cover That's it up. Fine. Say, oh, and so did that come that that come from above AJ? The decision not to use Garrett Cole in that situation came from AJ. Mm-hmm. Okay. The decision to go to Harris was probably a predetermined plan. So I believe if they that, got into trouble, they got into trouble after Grinky, yeah, it was Harris. Okay, and I think that um, they had different scenarios drawn up. If if Grinky goes four, we go to this guy. If Grinky goes six, we go to this guy. Sure, and that's that's just normal. Like that's not anything, no, it's okay to have yeah, a plan. You have to have that. But again, back to AJ's comment. I'm tying this back to Garrett Cole. The pitching plan you put together, it's not going to go that way. Okay, let's also go back two years to 2017 against the Dodgers. Why did the Dodgers lose the World Series and the Astros win? I'll give you the answer. It's real simple. The Astros decide to play baseball. The Dodgers decide to overthink it. Yeah. Okay. The Dodgers are still overthinking. Still things. overthinking it, right? <laughs> the Dodgers decide to overthink it and they over um, analyzed it. Yeah. And they played an analytical game when they need to play baseball, and they robbed Doc Roberts of the feel. Yeah. Okay. Three years later, they got back last year, got beat, and they got back. They, they get to the first round of the playoffs this year, and it doesn't feel the same over there, does it? No. Okay. Here. AJ should have learned that lesson. Jeff Luno should have learned that lesson. I got a pretty good manager in the dugout who's got a feel for what he's doing. AJ, go run the team. Yeah. Right? And and they won't ever tell you that didn't happen. AJ's too good of a baseball guy to make that decision. We've seen him make other decisions. Sure. Right? Now, we saw him last year against Boston. I'm tracing this up to Garrett Cole, I promise. We no, no, that's against fine. Boston. Yeah. We saw Joe Smith hit a ball that just landed five seconds ago. Okay, off Joe Smith. <laughs> That's or, uh, right. Steve Pierce off Joe Smith, right yeah. behind Keiko. Okay, I, I just heard a drop right now. Okay, that's how far <laughs> he hit it, and it was a wrong guy behind Keiko. Yeah. So if Granky's eighty nine ninety one, breaking ball, you know, change of speeds, drops six nine on a curveball, change up, pitches east and west, uses all parts of the zone. Wouldn't you want to get somebody throwing ninety seven ninety eight behind him? No doubt. Why wouldn't you? Why would you go back and get Will Harris, which keeps their tempo? Yeah. Shouldn't there be somebody else in between there? You don't want to keep their tempo. Let Granky finish. So, not a Cole. Bullpen day. Discussed in advance. I'm quite sure Boris was involved in that conversation somewhere, whether it was start the inning, whether it was ninth inning. Oh, no question. Whatever, whatever yeah. it was. But why not, if you're going to take Granky out, why even send Granky back out for the seventh? Why not just give Garrett Cole the ball in the seventh? Yeah. There's a million different reasons for that. So, if I'm Garrett Cole, I'm sitting back going, okay, I don't like, I like the city. How can you? How can you not like the city? Oh no, no question. It's a great city. It's a great city. Everybody that comes here talks about how great the fans are, as far as how friendly they are. They talk about um, the environment. They talk about uh, you know the the reception and the players that are here fall in love with playing here. Yeah, I mean you get to pitch in a controlled environment most every night. It's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So he clubhouse is nice. I mean he enjoyed with AJ. Great group of guys. Yeah. He enjoyed AJ. He enjoyed his teammates. Sure. How can you not? He learned a ton. He of course. Learned, he enjoyed Brent Strom. He benefited a lot. He really did. From he here. enjoyed Brent Strom. Um, but when it mattered most, they didn't turn to him. And mm-hmm. there's no worse feeling he's going to have as he looks at the next chapter of his life. Yeah. His memory of Houston is when you needed me the most, I was ready and you didn't call. Yeah. That's a terrible lasting he's out. impression. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. No, and, he's and not so coming what, back. What no you question. saw was the frustration out of that. Um, 
And if you've noticed in his press conference, or not press conference, in his release he sent out the next mm-hmm. day, thanked AJ. Um, he even thanked, thanked AJ that night, did. to be honest. Thank, thanked his teammates. Mm-hmm. Thanked the city. Um, I think he, I think he, well, I don't think he thanked AJ. I think he thanked Crane. Yeah, he did thank Crane. Mr. Uh-huh. Mrs. Crane. Yeah. He thanked the city. He thanked his teammates. He left out GM. Yep. And he didn't mention AJ. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens uh, with him, where he goes. There's going to be a lot of teams, obviously, lining up for his services. Maybe other teams. And, you know, I've heard rumblings of other teams, not just the Angels. Phillies. Phillies, yep. Nationals. Um, yeah, na- <laughs> Nationals. Uh, the Nationals will probably be good again next year. If you've got the, pay- the pitching, uh, they'll be good again next year. So let's talk Astros in the future. The window is what it is. Next year, they should be good again. Should be good again. Uh, most of the team comes back. I think Will Harris will get re-signed, even though he's a free agent. I think he comes back. Who here? Um, Pitching-wise, Lance McCullers is coming back. Uh, Grinky will be back. Verlander's back. Um, Urquidy, see what he, uh, what he comes up with. Mm-hmm. I mean, so 2020 Astros, they should be back in contention right here, I would think. I think Urquidy's earned a spot, earned a chance to win a spot in a rotation. Um, yeah, I would think so. I, I think that uh, McCullers, you don't know what you're going to get yet because it's TJ Rehab. Um, in theory, he should be ready to go. Okay? Yep. And so he'd be in the rotation too. So you could have yourself four out of five. Um, Wade Miley's a free agent. Is that right? Yes. Miley's a free agent. McHugh's a free agent. Uh, is Peacock a free agent? I don't think so. He's got another year. Yeah. Right? Okay. So Peacock's um, an option. He's an option. Uh, your bullpen. You, have you go out and get a lefty? You have to get something. Rondon's gone. Oh, yeah, for okay. sure. Every time he came into the game, the game was over. I think what so you have gone. to look at, though, is 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 what is starting the history of this last offseason, the one we, we completed to go into 19. You lost Charlie Morton. You lost Dallas Keuchel, two guys you could have resigned. For sure, definitely. Even, even if one of them was Keiko gone, will be back out there. He's will be a free agent. Even if one of them was agent. gone, you could have gone and got another one. So, um, they need to get a starter. Do you think they make a big move like that? They need. They're gonna have to do something. They yeah. need to get a starter. They need to get two starters. The problem you're gonna have is that the, everybody around baseball knows this window is closing, and so people that are Keiko and Morton and Cole and Verlander and this group is yeah. now they're now at a point where they're playing for championships. They, they're not just playing for contracts. When you get to the big leagues, you're playing to stay. You're just playing to stay. Mm-hmm. And then once, you stay, once you're there, you play for contracts. Once you've established, you play for contracts, right? And then when, you're, when you've got your contract, you play for rings. Okay? All of these guys are playing for rings right now. Sure. None of them are going back to AAA. Springer's playing for a contract, though. He is, but he's made his money. He has, but he's, he's about to get money. a big payday. He is. And I, and I think the Astros need to re-sign him. You I don't think, think they're going to. I think the Astros need to pay everybody. Oh, I've I mean, said, I, I said this a year ago. Pay them all. Pay Morton. Pay Keiko. No, I agree, yeah. but I mean, obviously, that's not going to happen. So if you're going to pick and choose, Springer is a guy that you must sign. If you want the window to stay open a little bit longer, Springer's a guy you have to re-sign after next year. Springer's a guy. Yes. You, Springer's a guy you got to re-sign. Bregman's going to be here. Altuve's going to be here. Correa's conceivably still here. McCullers is getting close. He's the same draft yeah. as uh, as uh, who's the 12 first round pick? Uh, Correa. Uh, Correa. So he's the same draft. Yeah. Right? So those two guys are getting close. Right. Yuli has um, got one more year. Then I would. Wouldn't be surprised if he just retires because he's now mid thirties. Thirty-seven. Yeah. So yeah, he's probably going to retire. He won a ring. He's played at all levels. He he's fine. Yeah. yeah. He's still got he's some left in the tank, year. but he could. No, I know. But um, no matter how you cut it, this team's going to fracture after twenty. It's going to fracture. Granky's got till twenty-one. Is that right? Yes. Uh, Verlander's through twenty-one. Is yep. that right? Both those guys will be pitching here with the core. It's not going to win. And that's I think where you see the frat. The every all in for twenty. 
one more time. So do you make another big move? Do you sign a guy for a year? A lot of money, maybe? Do yeah. For two? I don't know. The I don't know. I think the window's a, I think the window's two. Okay, I think so, they got two more runs. So if it goes through 21, runs. then you have to sign somebody for two years. Yeah. Okay. My point is That's this. a determination they have to make. I think that they're in a position to do that. I don't think they need to just focus in on 20. I think they've got a little bit more room to Redick is up after 20? Yep. Okay. Brantley's up after 20? Yep. Springer's up after 20? So you sign Springer for sure. But when's, then you can go get an outfielder. When's Marisnik right? going to be up? Oh, I don't know. It's okay. Just I'm, just, I'm just poking holes, though. All right. Cat, I mean, your favorite cat. guy, Kyle Tucker, he's still going to be here. <laughs> so we got to reassign Springer and put him. I, well, they, they obviously think very highly of him. They, you know, there's 30 clubs in, in Major League Baseball, and there's one that thinks very highly of Kyle Tucker. I say well, that. he's, I say, he's I'm, lucky I'm saying, he's on that one team. Are, we, are we on the record or off the record? Because I'm, say I'm saying that on both. I, he, he's not um, – his approach, man, you know, this league adjusts back to you pretty quick. And I know he had a good 60 at-bats this time around. But if you watch him in the postseason, yeah. like the billions of people around the world who watched yeah, it, was it, tough. it was it's tough. buried down and in, get him diving out over the plate, sure. cheat, and then go climb the ladder, and he will chase. And yeah. what happened to, in, now it falls on him to fix all that. I don't know if he can. Well, his approach is not going to allow him to. His approach is so far behind him when he enters the strike zone that he's late to anything above 92, yeah. 93. Okay. And nowadays, an average fastball is 93. Well, you got to look at the free agent class. I think that I agree with you on everything you said about 2020. I think the book on 21 really depends on what they do this offseason. Okay? Uh, so I'm going to leave that open for right now. They have the pieces that conceivably would be in place to compete for 21. But focusing just on 20, the guy will get a starter. And they really need to get two. Okay? Sure. Because you don't know what's going to happen at any point. Somebody's going to break. All right? So you got to get two. Oh, no doubt. You need to go address your bullpen now. Okay? Whether and I think they needed. Uh... Watch Verlander a little bit more, because it seemed like he was, you know, he's a competitor, fiery guy. He's going to take the ball every time he has in the postseason. But boy, I noticed he was he was laboring. Verlander, yeah, now the the Nationals did a nice job. I mean, that that's a good team over there. They were they were hot yeah. and they did the right things against Verlander. Yeah. But I think during the season, AJ needs to maybe watch him a little bit more. Ver, Verlander and Harris were both tired, and that just tells you how the staff was really. Sure. Used all year. So they so need that, two starters. Yeah, that, get, that reflects on what they need to do. Resign Harris and go find yourself a couple more relievers. So you got to get four or five arms. The bats are pretty much in place. Resign Chirinos, resign Maldonado. Yeah. That was a pretty good pair. Um, one of them might follow Cole. Maybe. So Maldonado might follow Cole. Probably. Okay. So, I, you know, you, you never know which way that's going to go. Um, address your catching situation. Look at your budgets long term and decide how long you want the window to be open because there's nothing left in the system. This is it, and it goes the other way. Okay? And if you get through 21, let's say you're right, you just look at Correa's contract and decide what you're going to move and when. Because Correa, right, can yeah. bring you some pieces. And if Bregman's oh, no not question. going anywhere, no. Altuve's not going anywhere. I'm certainly not saying Correa should. I'm saying no, no, if, you, yeah, I know what you mean. if yeah. they make that decision, yep. um, he can bring you something well, that can grow together, upper-level prospects, to mm -hmm. help that team grow and stay, and stay relevant for a couple of years. Because – uh, otherwise, it, it will go south in a hurry. So it should be a fun team to cover next year. Um, they should have some some options in the offseason of guys that may want to come here and, and resurrect their careers. The perception of the front office around the league right now isn't great. Culturally, no. it's not great. It's not great with what happened with Brandon Taubman because that came from somewhere. It's not great with the uh, – there's been plenty of articles written on their mindset. Sure. 
You know, so you, win at all costs. Uh-huh. You have, well, it's it's more about treating players like pieces instead of treating like yeah. people. And I think that if you look at that, that, no one's saying that AJ does that, and no one is saying the players do that. Right? No, it's, I know it's a, that's fair. It's above that, and so if you're dealing with somebody and you're putting your career in somebody's hands, you have to make sure you're in a culture you want to believe in. So it'll be telling to me what their final direction will be with their first couple of moves. If they can go out and re-sign or or sign another frontline arm. Yeah, not, not just a piece, a frontline arm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there's not that much available. Strasburg is probably staying in Washington. Rend- I think Rendon goes to Washington. Um, I'm I, looking at Keiko. I yeah, it, will, will he come back? I don't know. If he would, he, maybe he, he left saw, because of those same reasons. Maybe, maybe you know. The thinking, the thinking is they have the front office has to repair their image, or the Astros have already started their decline. How's that? Well, Jeremy, I'm glad that you mentioned that this was a successful season. It is a successful season because the Astros won 107 games, 117 games total. They've gotten to the World Series two of the last three years. They've gotten to the ALCS three straight years. They have two American League pennants. They've been to the playoffs for the last five years. The bar has been set high by this group, and A.J. Hinch at a recent golf tournament after the World Series said the same thing. It should be disappointing. I mean, I think that we, we worked all year and had an incredible team, and that team will never be the same, and I think that's what's emotionally attached by me or, or the fans or uh, just how teams change over the years. So, I, um, you know, look, we, we've been in the World Series two out of the last three years. We've been to the ALCS every year. Um, that's the bar. And, and you know, for us to, uh, to come within a few outs, to come within one game, we could have just won one home game, we would have won the World Series, but... We'll be back at it in no time. What happens to this team moving forward? I firmly believe that they will be back in the American League Championship Series next year. If they stay healthy, if everything goes well, eight of nine players on the offense are back. I expect Robinson Chirinos to re-sign with this team as well. He will be back and catch Justin Verlander. They had a great rapport during the season. Zach Grinke is going to be back. Lance McCullers Jr. is back. He's been reinstated off the 60-day IL injured list. He is back. Um, Urquidy was great. I'd love to see him further develop and see what he can bring to the table. Brad Peacock, he's going to be back. He should be in the mix as well. Forrest Whitley, he may come up during the season. Starting pitching is okay. Jeremy had mentioned they need to go get another starter. I can see that, okay? Maybe go get it, maybe revisit that whole Dallas Keuchel situation. Who knows? I can see them maybe getting another starter in the bullpen. I think they should bring back Will Harris. Will Harris was huge. He said that he wants to come back and play here in Houston. He's been such a big key to this team. I think he's back. LSU guy, he should be back. Joe Smith would be another guy I'd probably bring back. He had a great season. Who knows? Um, He was so clutch during the playoffs. I know Game 7 didn't really turn out, but the whole bullpen situation, as Jeremy and I talked about, that was a mess already. And I wouldn't hold that against him, Joe Smith. I thought he was great. He's a good member of the clubhouse. A lot of the guys like him. A.J. Hinch likes him a lot, so I think that would be nice to bring him back. And as I mentioned, Robinson Chirino should be back as well. They do need to get a backup catcher, so we'll see what they do there. I firmly believe that this team's window is open for two years. I said that before. I'll say it again. Two more years, big-time window. They've got the stars in place. I think they need to re-sign George Springer, long-term contract. Altuve is awesome. He's the MVP, but the guy that makes this engine go is George Springer. So I think he should be back. All in all, Houston, you are in great shape with your baseball team. There are a lot of t- there are a lot of cities that have absolutely no hope when it comes to spring training. Spring training starts, season's already over. It's like that Family Guy clip. Hit the ball, season's over. 
That's not the Houston Astros. They will be in contention for the next two years for sure. If you want to win a championship, there are only a handful of places you should consider signing. Houston is one of them. The Yankees are the other. But Houston is one of them. Controlled atmosphere, controlled environment. You don't have to play in the elements. It's a great city to play in. Fan base is awesome. Yes, the fans are disappointed. As AJ said, it should be disappointing. That's the bar they've set. The Astros will be back. I expect them to be in the American League Championship Series next year. And if things go right, they should be in the World Series because talent-wise, they are loaded. Everything is pointing in the right direction yet again. It was disappointing. Yes, I hated to see them lose in Game 7, but that was a series that we'll be talking about for a while. Hey, this was the latest episode of Time Out with DG. Episode 7, dedicated to the Houston Astros. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show because we enjoyed bringing it to you. Have a great one. Stay tuned for the next episode. Coming up, short. Sure.